You're about to listen to a message from Savannah Grace Chapel, Port Harcourt. May these words bear fruit in your heart as you listen. Hallelujah. God is good to us. You know, um, that song, um, um, the second, the last song, I mean, yes and amen, yes. I've never heard that uh, bridge before. The one about what you say. I feel like I've heard that song before. I don't. Did you people add it? Okay, it's a different version in the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Sometimes you hear a song, you have to ask which version of this song am I hearing? Praise God. You know, but it's, 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 it's a good thing. I like that part where it says what you say is what you say. Amen. Do you know that that's really what faith is? Faith is just basically relying on what God has said and what God is saying. Amen. Um, okay, this is not where I wanted to start from, but the song is what will make me start from there this morning. Um, okay, we, well, let's just start there. Uh, yeah, Genesis chapter 3. Glory. Uh, it's my note I'm looking for. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, Genesis chapter 3 from verse uh, let's start from verse 8. Oh, Ray. Please, just, okay. Ah. I should not be carrying only one paper. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Alright, so he said, uh, okay, before the backdrop of this, um, God had made Adam, God had given him his woman, amen, from his rib. Praise God. Amen. There's some amens that are strong in the house this morning. May God give you your woman, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, so the devil, <laughs> amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. So the devil had come and he had come to meet the woman and he had, you know, there was a particular tree of uh, the knowledge of good and evil that God had told them, hey, eat of every tree of the garden, but don't eat from this one. So the devil came and, you know, we know this, I don't want to really read the whole um, passage, you know, but I said, uh, as God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. I've always found it strange that the devil said that because God didn't say that. We know this, right? He said that as God said that you should not eat of any tree of the garden. You know, God said you should not eat of one. Hallelujah. It was to start a conversation. Praise God. And she got into the conversation. He said, no, God told us not to eat of this one. He said, ah, no, he knows. <laughs> he knows that. If you eat it, you will not die. Relax. I know he told you you die. You will not die. Hallelujah. And then she went on and she did it. What was the woman's sin, basically? The woman's sin was going against God's word. She took the word of the devil and rejected the word of God. The word of God said, don't eat. The word of the devil said, eat. Hallelujah. Praise God. Okay, so in verse 6. By verse 6, she had given her guy. And her guy had eaten. Praise God. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, she didn't see it was good for food before. You know, because of the word of God that had gone forth to them, every other tree was good for food except this one. But when she had obeyed the word of the devil, it suddenly became good for food. Amen? That it was pleasant to the eyes. And a tree desirable to make one wise. Where was she all this while? The tree was called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So, I mean... Without even going into the etymology of it, you should already know that there's something special about this tree. But she didn't have this realization until she ate. Praise God. So she ate it, she gave it to her husband. All right. 
and he ate. In verse 7, Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made um, themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you you were naked? Amen? That question is a very significant question. I've been with you all this while. I've been coming in the cool of the evening. I've been seeing what you look like. Amen? You have just been there. Because think of it. Adam might, must have known. You know, when, when, when guys want to go and pee, um, it's very hard to do it without your hands. Praise God. Do you understand? All the guys here. So he must have realized that he, he was not removing anything to pee. He just go to pee and he would just pee. Praise God. But nowadays, you have to unzip. And that, the funny thing, has any guy ever been in that situation where you are pressed and your zip is refusing to respond? <laughs> I've almost on my jeans once. <laughs> there is not me, you embarrass me. Like, like, God, save me. Hallelujah. But what I'm saying is that all the while, he should have known that it was, there was nothing here. It was just his body. But today he realizes he's naked. And God is asking him, who told you? God didn't say, how did you know you were naked? He said, who told you you were naked? Because this your nakedness. To be conscious of it, somebody needs to tell you. And guess what? It's not like the devil came out and told Adam, you're naked, oh, have you looked at yourself? No. It's that God knew that this guy has partaken of something he shouldn't have. Praise God. So, I mean, really, when the Bible says the just shall live by faith in the New American Standard Version, I'll, I'll use that a lot today, so maybe you just stay there. In Just open to Romans um, 1.17. And a lot of times, God is asking us, who told you you are broke? Who told you you are sick? Who told you you have arthritis? Who told you, <laughs> who told you old age affects the way you see things? Who told you being in Nigeria will affect your opening a business or lack of it? Amen? Who told you you are naked? Who have you been listening to? Who have you been opening your hearts to? Amen? <laughs> Praise God. It says, for in it, that's the gospel, the righteousness of God from faith to faith, as it is written, is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. Amen? In the New King James, it says the just. So the just is the righteous man. The man there is in italics in some of the, in some Bibles for NASB. So it, I, I guess it's not there originally. So it means that the righteous shall live by faith. Hallelujah. And they live there. Let me see. I, I I remember that I was teaching, so I had to go and look for Greek. Praise God. So I have one Greek for this whole message. So I've fulfilled the purpose. Praise God. <laughs> now if you are teaching, I have not given Greek or Hebrew. Yeah. I don't know. It just feels like something is wrong. Praise God. I was listening to um, Faith Ascent. I didn't know that we have a Hebrew scholar here. <laughs> Praise God. As pastor was just giving the Hebrew numbers and everything. I was like, ah, Emmanuel. <laughs> Emmanuel is a is a Hebrew scholar. Praise God. Uh, so, you have any Hebrew interpretation, please go and meet him. Not how to ask a girl to marry you in Hebrew. Praise God. Just let's stick to the biblical things. <laughs> Amen. So, to live in this particular passage means zao, right? It means it's zao, something like that. It means to breathe, to be among the living, to enjoy or have true life, to be full of vigor, 
So in two senses, it means the righteous shall live by faith. That the righteous shall be saved by, shall be restored to life by faith. And also the life, the righteous shall conduct life by faith. So the same faith that saves you and brings you into eternal life is the same faith you used to conduct that life in this life. Amen? Praise God. I said a lot of lives there, but I hope you understand. So basically, like I said, there are many definitions of faith, but one definition that helps is just that complete reliance on what God has said. And what has God said? You can find it contained in the gospel. And what is the gospel? That Jesus Christ died, he was buried and resurrected, and now I have eternal life, I have all things. Amen? Anything that contradicts that must be pushed out of your life. Amen? So it means that when the devil came to meet Eve and she said, and he said, Oh, has God said, I'd be like, Adam, oh my talk to him. Hallelujah. Do you, you know, and normally wives do that. You know, our wives are very smart and brilliant people. Praise God. But you know that there are sometimes they just don't want to do something. Praise God. No husbands, you can not. I'll protect you. Praise God. <laughs> I, I agree, I agree. I'll protect you. Like, you know she knows how to do this thing. But when the time comes to do it, she says, eh, husband, come on, they are looking for you. Praise God. That's what Eve should have done. Oh, I don't know what to say to this guy. Adam, come and talk to this guy. Hallelujah. And what Adam would have said, what are you Come on, quit me from here. Praise God. Because God had told them to subdue. Amen. Praise God. You know, so they should have rejected anything that was contrary to the word of God. And that's really how you live this life of faith, is that what has God said, I am taking it. That's why I like that part of that song, is that what, is, what, what he has said, eh? it really takes away the pressure from me. It's not about what I've said. It's about what he has said. So if I don't know what to say, I should just go and look for what he has said and then I say it. Amen? Ask me for a five-year plan. I don't have a five-year plan. I don't even have a two-year plan. Hallelujah. But I know what he has said. Now, if... <laughs> It's, it's another thing uh, for me to say, okay, I haven't planned my life. It's another thing for God to say, oh yeah, I want, you, so, oh yeah, I want you to go here, do this, do this, do this. And I should obey that. Hallelujah. Why? It's because that's, that's when I say there's no five-year plan. It doesn't mean that, okay, well, as a Christian, you should just be there, you know, laying about, throw your legs up, whatever comes, comes, whatever happens, happens. No. It means that if I'm not focusing on left, I must focus on right. Hallelujah. That's why sometimes a lot of people fall into problems because they say, oh, you know, I, I'm, 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 I was an alcoholic and I'm trying to get over alcohol and then I abstain from alcohol. But sir, what are you now addicted to? Because if you, if you don't occupy that space with something, you will go back to drinking. So that's why some of the sponsors that sponsored some guys, they try to just get them involved in other things. Some of them do work, some of them do charity work. They just get involved with things. Because when, when I'm focused on something else, I probably won't have time to think about all those urges. Hallelujah. So it's like, if, if you say, um, for instance, I don't have a five-year plan, right? Okay, so where's your focus? If I'm not focusing on trying to build something for myself by myself, I'm focusing on what the Lord has built for me and I'm entering into it. Hallelujah. You can't just be there and say, I don't have, I don't have a plan. That's why a lot of people, because I was a guy. Um, somebody was telling the story about it. They were only all in school. He's a minister of the gospel, but he was in university that time. And there was a classmate of theirs who was taking this Christianity thing to the other level. Hallelujah. Not the good level. Praise God. And it was time to read for exam. 
And he said, that, no, that they can't do that. That is the works of the flesh. <laughs> well, when results came out, the guy failed. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's an extreme of things. Oh, God supplies all my need, so I won't work. But God supplied all Adam's needs. But Adam's, Adam worked. His work was to tend to the garden. Name the animals, take care of them. If the lion is having beef with the goats, he say, lion, no, 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 don't do like that. I can't say you're bigger than him. Calm down. You know, you have five men. He only has horns. You put yourself in his position. You need to be coming down. Hallelujah. He was doing work. So it, it, you must be occupied. He said that you're occupied with your own works, with your self-efforts, or you're occupied with the grace of God. And the grace of God is active. It is not passive. Hallelujah. We are still talking about faith because understand that faith is not just when I need something, I'll just go and say that thing like 20 times. When I say it 20 times, all right, I've said it enough, so that, that thing should come. Hallelujah. That's not what it is. Faith is not some kind of sword that you use, you slay people, clean the blood and keep it till next time. Hallelujah. It's something that you live by. You conduct life with it. Hallelujah. Okay. I'm going to, you know, talk a lot about it, but let me just, let me just give us some examples of faith. Anyway, let me start from this one. Daniel chapter three. A lot of people don't take this as an example of faith. They just take it as an example of standing for God because a lot of people would use it. They even use it to teach teenagers how to stand for Christ. Hallelujah. And yes, it's good. But they, that, but this is a story of faith to me. Um, Shedrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, let's start from verse, from verse 15. But let me just give you a summary of the story. So, um, okay, let's read this one from New King James. King Nebuchadnezzar had made a golden statue. (laughs) Do you know how full of yourself you need to be to actually make a golden statue of yourself? You don't know because you guys are not like that. (laughs) If you are like that, we will bind you with chains and bring you to church and do deliverance service. Hallelujah. So, but not only that, you make a statue of yourself and you demand that everybody will come and bow down to it. You practically tell everybody it's a public holiday. Call all the governors from all the states in Nigeria and their local government councillors and their commissioners and say, everybody come to Asorok. As you mean, you're the president. Then you call all your ministers and everybody. Then you call all the GOs of all the churches in Nigeria and they come and they say, hey, I have done a golden statue of myself. Now all of you must bow down. And not only that, that if you don't bow down to this, my statue. <laughs> Please show them the oven. This kind of thing, they don't tell and they see it. Praise God. They now bring one prisoner that is on death row. And as they are throwing the prisoner inside the thing, just before he gets to the door, all his body has already burnt and his ashes that is entering inside. They say, hey, that's how hot it is. Praise God. Just imagine how considered somebody needs to be to do that. The other one, you just practically think you are God. Hallelujah. And you must be worshipped, which was the idea. So he had told all of them, called all the satraps, the governors, leaders, important people, the common people. Everybody stood before this magnificent idol of Nebuchadnezzar. Right? And he said, you bow down. You know, we're going to make a whole thing out of it. No horns and make music. After the music, when it has stopped, everybody will bow down. Hallelujah. So, there were these three guys. Honestly, I don't know where Daniel was at this point. <laughs> he looks like the kind of person that would have roused them up and said, hey, we need to bow here. Praise God. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were also officials. Praise God. And they did not bow. 
Hallelujah. So let's start from here. He said, now, if you are ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, in symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? The next verse. Just look at this guy. He's saying, who is the God? In other words, I'm me, I'm a God too. So who among my colleagues is going to deliver you? Praise God. That's what he said. He said, who, who among the gods will help you? You know, the last person that talked like this was an Assyrian. We know what happened to him. Praise God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. In other words, we no need to waste our saliva on your, on your case. Praise God. If that is the case, in other words, if you are going to burn us, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Amen? Next verse. But, if not, <laughs> hallelujah, if not, I don't know, isn't that kind of spoiling this story a little bit? My God is able to deliver me from your hand. But, if not, I mean, how many times do we ever come to say, God, Lord, give me a phone. I know you can give me a phone, but if not, <laughs> it doesn't usually go that way, right? Say, but if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. Next verse. And then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury. And the expression on his face changed. You know, I, I, there's this um, series called VeggieTales, right? Um, there was this one episode that I had downloaded for my children. It was about uh, Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar. But <laughs> it's a Christian show. You usually just kind of make uh, these Bible series for children. So the guy was Nebuchadnezzar in a chocolate factory. And this thing is just exactly what happened. When he told them the last time that they should bow, it was so nice. Like, come on, you know, take the bunny. You know, bow to the bunny. When they now said no, they will not buy. Oh, the guy provoked. That's exactly what happened here. From nice, nice, nice. Oh, the guy, he said he's, he was full of fury and the expression on his face changed. The guy just suddenly became angry and he spoke and commanded that that furnace that somebody is entering that can die entering it. He said hit it seven times more. Amen. Let's stop there. Go back to the previous verse, verse 18. He said, but if not, see, Shadrach, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not in doubt. They were not in unbelief. Do you know how I knew? Because in verse 17, they said that my God is able. He can do it. And he will save us. And it, so he gave the, the guy that a hypothetical. But let's just say, eh, that even if he doesn't, oh God, we know they bow. Meaning that we believe in this our God. That is either he saves us or he welcomes us home. But we believe in our God. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> so basically, this situation was a knife or neck matter. Bow or you are dead. They said we are dead. That's why initially, they just like, <laughs> oh king, we are not, uh, we don't want to answer you on this matter. But well, you are the king. So let's just give you that respect. So <laughs> my guy, my God can deliver us. But if he does not deliver us, you see you and this your image, we are not bowing. He said, hit up the furnace seven times. He said, where is the furnace? Come on, let's be going. Hallelujah. And of course, we know how the story ended. 
they entered into the furnace, and I, I don't know how they saw the fourth person. Because, oh, we've seen fire now. Ordinary, um, you know, oil inside plantain and frying has burnt my hand. I can't imagine putting my hand on that gas. But you know where a furnace is? A furnace is like that kind of place where you want to cremate the body. You just pass the body through the furnace. And right now it's coming out. It's ashes. Praise God. And he hits this one seven times. So you can imagine the fire, the, 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 um, the mist, the, what do they call those, those things that it's like, it's like a mirror image. You're seeing it. That one too can actually burn you. It's not actual fire, but it can actually burn you. So imagine all the smoke and everything and you see a fourth person in it. What Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego told the king was that even if that fourth person didn't come in the fire, we would gladly burn to ashes because our God is God. The Lord God had said, I am God and there is no other. That was his word to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They stood on that word. They said, our God is God and no other. This image you made is made by a man. We cannot bow down to it. We know we, it's not that we don't feel like, I said we cannot. That even if you push our back down, or our back is straight, we cannot bend to it. Hallelujah. What I'm saying is, faith, the evidence of your faith is not deliverance. It means that in faith, you can be delivered unto death and you will die. That's why, if you look at the whole of, the, of these heroes of faith, the so-called heroes of faith in Hebrews 11, there are some of them were delivered. Some of them burnt. Some of them were torn apart by beasts. By faith. Hallelujah. It's not a very exciting side of faith to look at. But the truth is, if you haven't come to that place where you are dead, I have not really entered. Praise God. The Bible says something. It says, um, I don't really want to open there. When Paul was just really talking about, when he was comparing grace and death um, in Romans chapter 6, he was saying that the, that the person who has believed in Christ has died with him. That sin does not count to somebody who is dead. It means that we must die. We have died in Christ. And every day we must act like dead people. In the sense that somebody comes and tells you, oh, you know, you've, you've aspired to a lot of things and, and you've been doing good business in this country and you now finally get opportunity to get a contract. And somebody tells you that, ah, you know, <laughs> well, we have this, um, for, for men, it's actually common. Sometimes one of the ways that people try to um, try to immerse men in spiritual darkness is either by money or by sex. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's why be careful where you go. And with the Holy Spirit, you have be careful where you go. Be careful who you cleave to. I'm not saying you shouldn't do business because Paul was saying that. I'm not saying you shouldn't hang out with your own believers, even though you have to go out of the world. But be careful who you cleave to. Uh, hallelujah. Anyway, so you go to a place and they say, oh, come oh, to close this business deal. Come, let's have a drink. And you follow them and you have a drink. And they say, ah, come oh, we brought these two girls for you. You can take them, do what you want. I said, no. They said, no, look, before we sign the contract, you have to go with these girls. I don't think you do all that to that you just go and you just with them and say, okay, you guys can go. Tell them we did something. No, they say, uh, and the girls will report to us what happened. They said that without that, you can't get the contract. What does a dead man do? A dead man said, no problem, take the contract. No, the dead man does not say, my God, he said, take it first. Uh, take it. Oh, this contract, did we tell you? This contract is worth $50 billion. He said, take it. That's a man of faith. That's a man of faith. Hallelujah. 
A, a, a man of unbelief will be telling you that, ah, what's there now? Uh, let's just do it. I will ask God for forgiveness later. <laughs> you are an unbeliever. Hallelujah. An unbeliever in the sense that you are a person who practices unbelief. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. What I'm saying is that a lot of times faith is not attractive. Faith does not give, does not bring goods. That's why I was saying it last week that the first thing that faith does is to help you find satisfaction in the word, not to get things. Hallelujah. If you are somebody that continues to use faith to get things, your faith work will be very somehow. Hallelujah. It will be like you have one slim leg and one fat leg. Hallelujah. You will be limping too much and it will be very easy for the winds of the, of time to just push you off. Just like Peter, how he got, Jesus called him to the water and he walked for a while and then all of a sudden he observed. You'll be like that person that's always observing the winds. And it will be as if that's why they'll say, oh, you have near success syndrome. As if you, you want to start a thing, but all of a sudden it will start going down. Why? Because you're observing the winds too much. Praise God. A man of faith is the man that says that, see, my God will lift me up. My God will prosper me in this city. But even if he doesn't prosper me, I am following him. That's your first level of Hallelujah. Is that me, I'm dead. And the only thing or person that is keeping me alive is God. If I remove myself from him, I'm like a zombie. Hallelujah. So for me to have life and my energy, I must stay connected with him. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm saying this because a lot of Christians make excuses. It's foolish excuses, to be honest. They, they say, also, it's like, this thing I told you about, oh, let's do it. I'll ask God forgiveness. Do you know, a lot of people actually say that. Uh, it's not, I'm not giving you a hypothetical situation. People actually do that. Hallelujah. Or, you know, you know denounce God or die. And, oh, let's just denounce him now. God is merciful. <laughs> we'll just renounce him back. Hallelujah. Please, don't be foolish like that. Anyway, you won't be. If you are a man of faith, eh, to, do you know that to be martyred, this is an aside, to be martyred, eh, God actually gives you spiritual energy. Do you know that people who are bo- who were born on the stake, that singing of praise was not a, what's the word? It was not a formula. Come on now. How many of us, eh, have, you, have you dislocated any part of your body before? Or you've experienced a very deep injury? See, when you were singing praise and worship, did you remove the pain? My brother, when you want to draw your left back, uh, uh, you just pass out. Praise God. They could sing because God gave them strength. When God gives you strength to go through persecution. Some people that are smiling when they are cutting. Look, if you have cut your hand before, you know that cutting somebody's neck like a goat is not a fun thing. So you see people smiling. There are some people that when they were being killed, they were, it seemed like they were totally distracted. Almost like they were looking at something. God empowers us to go through persecution, even the worst kind. Hallelujah. So don't be afraid to stand for God, even at the point of death. Hallelujah. God supplies strength. Amen. Amen. Say amen now. Uh, if you say amen, it doesn't mean that somebody will lay you tomorrow and I'll say you should die for Christ. It's a good thing, but just relax. Don't say amen. Don't be afraid. Hallelujah. Okay, so let, let me go to another example of faith. Hallelujah. Remember, I said faith, because that's where I want us to focus on right now. Faith is basically you relying and staying with God's word, no matter what comes at you. Praise God. Peter should have stayed with God's word. God's word at that point was Jesus Christ. Looking at him, focusing on him, keeping his eyes on him. But he didn't, and he started to sink. It's not a coincidence. Because, come on, the guy walked on water. Hallelujah. A lot of people don't know that he did, but he did actually walk on water. But why did he start sinking? Because he removed his eye 
from the lamb's lane and was looking at the winds. Now, see, I, like I explained it last week, the winds were terrible. It's not something that you cannot not notice. Hallelujah. Like they are there. Like, um, I, well, we've experienced some rainfall in the past few weeks. There's one particular day that it was very windy. You know, sometimes you even hear it. You hear it. You can't ignore winds. But he should have looked at the lamb's lane and he would have lived in that sense. Amen? Praise God. Let's look at, um, it's a long passage about us. I'll give a summary then we'll read where we need to read. Um, Numbers 13, we start from verse 27. Glory. Hallelujah. So, the story here. Numbers 13 is one of my most marked passages in the, in the old, the so-called Old Testament. Because it's just interesting. You know, so, the land of Canaan. Finally, we are here at the precipices, so to speak, of our breakthrough. So, Moses sends 12 spies from the 12 tribes of Israel. Go look at the land. Come tell us what you see. Praise God. And 10 of them, or 12 of them came back. Joshua and Caleb were involved. Um, and none of us have memorized the name of the other 10. They are recorded, but we don't care. Hallelujah. Because <laughs> their report was a bad report. Praise God. So, uh, okay. So, they had brought some grapes. Uh, the cluster of grapes that they brought were so big that they had to tie it on sticks and carry it on their shoulder. Praise God. Uh, right? Alright, alright. Okay. Verse 27. So they brought back the word. And then they told him, that is Moses, Moses, they told Moses, and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is the fruit. He showed them. This is it. Nevertheless, now this is where everything started almost going wrong. It didn't go wrong yet though. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong and the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Why I said almost is that they were still giving a report. They said, go and tell us what you see. They saw good. Um, let us also tell you the bad we saw. Hallelujah. It's alright. The sons of Anak were there. You cannot miss them. They are really tall. They are giants. Hallelujah. The Amalekites dwell in the south. The Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Hallelujah. Then Caleb quieted quieted the people. Because I I feel like at this point, some of the people are still murmuring. You know how it is when, it doesn't even really matter which one we hear first. Sometimes people say, I've got good news and bad news. Let me tell you the bad news. Do you know that most times, even when you say the bad news first, I say the good news later, people remember the bad news. So, I believe that this bad news had already started getting people riled up. Like, murmuring had already started. Somebody has said tie her about her waist. Why do people do that? They remove their head tie tight on their waist, ready for fight. Praise God. So, Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. Why did Caleb say this? Caleb didn't say this because he was some kind of mighty man of war that had taken giants a lot. You know how those giant tribes I fought two months ago? Ah, come on, I can't take this. No! It's because he believed that God said, I will give you this land and God will give us. So we let's go and take it now. God has already given us this land. Hallelujah. Verse 31. <laughs> this is where the whole thing basically fell apart. And this is where the thing became a bad report. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people. 
for they are stronger than we. Hallelujah. Caleb said the word of God. We are able to take this land. And this guy said, no, we are not. In other words, God, you can't give it to us. No, really, that's what they were saying. That's why when, I won't read all that part, but when God wanted to destroy all of them, and Moses was interceding for them, what did God say? He said that they are spoken against me. Did they mention God in this thing? Did you hear them say God? No, no, no. They all said, but we, we cannot. We are not able. They are stronger than us. Hallelujah. And I don't know, but I believe that God had delivered them from the Egyptians at this point, right? I mean, it's in the scriptures, right? It's not somebody didn't include it somewhere. It's the same people that they saw the pillar of fire and the pillar of smoke. The same people that the Red Sea divided, separated, dried up. I don't know. Whatever one is accurate scientifically. But we know that the child of, the, of, of Egypt drowned in that Red Sea. They had seen this. And then God said, go to the land I will give you or have given you. And they said, we cannot take it. They are stronger than us. And since God is with us, ah, they are stronger than God. Hallelujah. Without saying it, they were saying it. No, God, you don't know what you're talking about. Have you seen the sons of Anak? <laughs> no, God did not know that they were the sons of Anak, did he? He possibly couldn't. He missed the 10 o'clock news report on that. Hallelujah. They are stronger than we. And the people, and they gave the children of Israel a bad report. It had not called it a bad report. Scriptures had not called it a bad report until this time. I said, and they gave them a bad report of the land, which they had spied out, saying, the land through we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. Do you know that some verses before, they said this land was pleasing and good and brings out good fruits. But now, all of a sudden, it has become a land that devours its inhabitants. It's not a land that flows with milk and honey, like they said. It's no more a land that brings this fruit like they should. It's now a land that devours its inhabitants. Hallelujah. Okay, uh, and all the people, all, all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw giants. The descendants of Anak came from giants, of course. People like Goliath. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. The worst thing you can do is to look at yourself how you think yourself is. The best thing you can do is to look at yourself how God says you are. See, the Israelites were not a mighty people. Can we be honest? These are people that were slaves for 400 years. A lot of them didn't know how to be free. You know, the person who became a slave 400 years ago is probably not alive 400 years later. So it means that all their offspring were born into slavery. These are people that didn't know anything about being free. They didn't know any other life apart from being a slave. Yes, master, no master. Hallelujah. And these are the people that God called out. And he said, I am going to give you this land. Yes, this land where the Jebusites and the Amorites and all of them dwelling. I will give it to you. So what was God saying? Was God was saying, I will give it to you. Go and take it. It means that it is God that has given it. It is God that has conquered the land. All he's saying is, oh God, just go and take. And now all of a sudden, they are looking at themselves. They have, re- and, and that's the thing is that when you reject God's word, there's no other place to look that at but, but to yourself. And then yourself is insufficient. Looking to yourself will lead to your destruction. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me just finish it. Um, chapter, let's move to chapter 14 from verse 6 to 10. Glory to God. See, so, yeah. 
this is a chapter. Sometimes let's study this chapter. Because there's a reference that was made to it in Hebrews chapter 4. I'll read that. Okay, verse 6. He says, But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. They literally actually did tear their clothes. It was a way of showing distress and showing your being upset. Like now, if you are upset, you shout. Then they would tear their clothes. Now you know that, man, this thing really enter. Hallelujah. And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, the land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Are you seeing where their focus is on? Joshua could fight, but he was not saying that I can take this land because I've trained and I have a sword. He said, because the Lord, if the Lord delights in us, he, he will give us. What is he saying? He said, for the Lord, there are bread, there are bread, their protection has been taken away from them. Why? Because we fought well. No, because the Lord is with us. They are taking the word of God that God has given them and they are holding on to it. In fact, they are going into the land. They didn't even mention all the Anakites and all those people that were there. They just mentioned that, ah, it's good like the Lord said. God didn't tell them the giants that were there. God told them it's a land flowing with milk and honey. And the way they say it's true, it is a land flowing with milk and honey. Hallelujah. Did they see the Anakites? Of course they did. They were part of the people that went to check it out. But their report was that, was a confirmation of God's word. The same thing. If God has given you an industry, said, oh, look at company XYZ, I'm Go inside there, take it over. You're going to become the CEO there. You're going to turn things around. It means that when you go inside there, you look for the confirmations of God's word concerning what he has given you, not the distractions. Oh, shit, I didn't know they were taking bribe in this office. No, that's not what you're looking at. Oh, man, I didn't know they were Oboni people in this office. That's not what you're looking at. What you're looking at is, ah, I've entered here. Oh, so this is the office God said I'll take over. Hallelujah. The just shall live by faith. Your focus is on what God has said, not on what, not on what he didn't say. What has God said? Not what do I see? We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. God has said, oh, by the year 2025, Nigeria will be one of the most desirable destinations in the world. Oh, but kidnapping seems to be increasing. Oh, the Naira, what has God said? Let me ask you something. Unless maybe God has revealed it to you personally, but has God told you that by the year 2029, the naira will be 2,000 naira to a dollar. Has he told you that? Then focus on what he has told you. What has he told you? That there is a time that is coming that we have, we have stunk or stinked or whatever. I don't know. English people, is it stunk or stink? Stink it, stink it. <laughs> we have smelt of corruption. And he said that a time is coming when you will be known for righteousness. So you see, I'm not looking at the naira at this point. I'm not looking at who is trying to scheme to become president. I'm looking at the Lord has said that the time has come. We will be known for righteousness. And he said that they will come from all over the world, and they already are, to cling to a Nigerian and say, show us the righteousness of God. Amen? Hallelujah. And in verse 10, the reaction, and all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before all the children of Israel. It was as though God was saying, enough. I mean, enough. 
I've seen enough of this nonsense. Let me just read a little bit of our part. In verse 11, the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people reject me? Who were they talking to? Moses. Who did they want to stone? Joshua, Caleb, Moses, and Aaron. Even though Aaron didn't say anything, but you're a high priest, so you must be stoned. Praise God. They didn't say anything against God. But I said, how long will these people reject me? I am the one with them. I am the one who has called them to go. And they are saying they cannot go. I am the one who has called them to possess the land. And they are saying they cannot possess the land. Who are you to tell God you can't? When God has told you you can't. Do you know that Moses was irritating God when God called him? Uh, okay, if you, if you have called me, do like this. If you have called me, at a point, <laughs> if not that, it would have disintegrated it. Call for slapper. Say, my friend, I said go to Egypt. Even if I, if I give you spaceship, or I don't give you, <laughs> go to Egypt. Amen? And God has told you, you are more than a conqueror. He has told you, you are blessed with every spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And you said no. You are proud. That's pride. Hallelujah. You are not humble. You are proud. A, a, a proud person is the person who is trying to take what he doesn't deserve. What he has not earned, right? And God said, okay, fine. You can't even earn it. I give it to you. I have made you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And then you come to God and say, I am not. Because you made a mistake yesterday. Who do you think you are? No, look at it that way. Andrew Womack used to say that thing about people. <laughs> I, I learned it from him. Praise God. I have not actually tried it out. One day I'll try it out. I try, try to tell somebody about the love of God. That you know God loves you. The person will not be there. You're still, I'm telling you God loves you. I'm still telling me, oh, I'm not good enough. And I said, at the point, he would just snap. I'd be like, who do you think you are? Why are you so proud? God has forgiven you your sins. I see you are telling me you did this, you did that. Why are you proud? Come on, stop it. <laughs> All of a sudden, you don't have to I say, yes, sir, yes, sir. <laughs> I'll try it one day. Praise God. Who do you think you are to reject what God has said about you? God didn't say go and fight. God said go and take. I have given it to you. And he said, no, we cannot. Because they are stronger than us. Amen? You know how people were afraid of the Israelites? People, <laughs> Balaam, Balak, Balak had not drawn a sword against an Israelite. He had really heard about them. Because, let me tell you, that Jericho matter, it's... <laughs> Oh, sorry, this was before Balan. Okay, Jericho even had his own fame. This was even before Jericho. I don't even know whether they had killed the five kings yet. I'm not sure whether they, before they met Balaam. Balaam just looked at his little Moab, looked at Israel and all the things that, and what is Israel? Israel, they were still a moving country. They were moving from here to there, like people that were aimless. Because God was roaming them around for 40 years. God, what happened with the spies? So these are people that are roaming around. And then the nations that have cities and walls are afraid of them. They say, ah, we heard what they did to this one. We heard what they did to that king. We heard how they did this other. We heard, we heard, we heard. And Balaam just said, you know what? Let's preempt this thing. Balaam, I bet come, help me cause them now. That's what happened. Hallelujah. But yet the people themselves were there telling you that they are stronger than us. Hallelujah. See, the just shall live by faith. It's not about how you feel. It's not about what you think of yourself. If you like, be like Gideon the weakest man in the weakest tribe of Israel. God has said, I will give you the victory. Take only 300 men and take victory. Literally didn't do anything. <laughs> all the words, that, all the fight that Gideon fought was after that. And they went there and God gave 300 men victory and they didn't lift up a sword to fight. Hallelujah. God is with you. 
what you have faith, the basis of your faith is that God is with you. Through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, he has given you everything that you have. He has made you everything that you are. So when you are going to take places that God has planted you into, it's not about, oh, you know, I have a PhD. It's good to have a PhD. It's not that I have a master's. It's good to have a master's, but it is that God is with me. Don't ever take your eyes off that. Hallelujah. Praise God. So the, 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 I was talking about the reference made to them. That's why I, 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 um, I called it an example of, you know, faith. Because that's what the writer of Hebrews actually said concerning them. Just help me open it, please. Uh, flipping is getting slower. Hebrews chapter 4 from verse 1 to 2. Glory to God. He said, therefore, since the promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it too. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. Who is the them? If you read it in context from chapter 2, chapter 3, he was talking about the Israelites. He said the gospel was preached to them. Isn't it funny that he says the gospel was preached to them? It means that God's word came to them concerning specific issues. It was preached to them as well as, uh, it was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them. Why didn't it profit them? Because it was not mixed with faith with those who heard it. So these people heard the word of God and they did not believe it. They did not rely on it. They did not focus on it as though this is life for me. And when it came, when the pressure of life came, they said, oh, well, it doesn't work. How can you tell me that signing of the word for your health doesn't work? After two weeks. Hallelujah. You, you can't say that. After two weeks. There are some drugs, like my wife was talking about when she had uh, tuberculosis, where she took drugs for a very long time, then found out she was taking the wrong one. That she now had to start taking the right one. Almost a year of her life was gone. And she must take all the drugs to the end. So will you now say that I'm taking tuberculosis drugs for two months. And because I've not really seen a lot of change. It's not working. Let's throw it out. I'm going to take Panadol. Hallelujah. I'm standing on the word of God. Do you know when I stop? When it works. If I've not seen the results. We are continuing in it. It means that I'm sick in my body. I am standing on the word of God till I am physically well. I know I am well. I have received my healing. But until I see the manifestation, I am standing on it. I am mixing it with faith. Remember, faith is that reliance. It's complete, complete reliance. You know, there are some areas in life where we feel like God is interested in. And there's some areas where eh, God would rather just be sipping tea than pay any attention there. Hallelujah. We feel like God is interested in, um, okay, when I want to get a job, God is interested in that. So I can pray. I can believe God for that. When it comes to my health, ah, God is not interested. I mean, what are drugs for? Praise God. When it comes to believing God for the country, ah, God is not interested. God can't take sides. But when it comes to my mom has cancer, oh, God better be interested. It doesn't work that way. Hallelujah. The just shall live by faith. The just shall conduct life by faith. It's not only when you need things. I know we use it to give an example because truly one of the easiest ways to learn how to believe God is for some tangible things you can see. There are small things like, because he will always tell you, just if you, even if you have money, keep money in your pocket and believe God for cook. It's training. Doesn't mean that that's all faith is about. It's just, let's use this thing to learn. Hallelujah. So, so don't think that the only time I use faith is when I need something. That's not what it is. Hallelujah. The just shall live by faith. You receive the life by faith. You will conduct that life by faith. 
Hallelujah. Bible says that by faith it is impossible. He didn't say it is hard or difficult. He said it is impossible to please God. Impossible. Hallelujah. And there, there are times that are coming. Ah, well, let me just say it. You know, uh, <laughs> we're talking about, um, what were we even talking about? I don't know. Uh, like I said, anytime Nigeria just comes up, it's where I talk a lot with both drivers. I don't know why, but that is how it is. So we're just talking. And something came to my mind this morning. I said that the believers in Christ in this nation must learn to walk by faith on election day. That there are people that will come there with sticks and guns. And you must be the one with the shout of the king in the front of the line saying, greater is he that is in me than in you. Hallelujah. Let me paint the scenario to you. You are going to vote. Hallelujah. And you come to your polling unit. And everything is going well. Until some boys come. Hey, hey, hey. They want to scatter things. Some of them are shooting in the air. Everybody will run. But you, the believer, must stand your ground for them. Because if you run, everybody will run. If you stay, they'll say, ah, who be that guy? Hallelujah. I've always seen myself sometimes when people want to charge against me. I don't see myself where I see myself charging towards them. I'm saying, greater is he that is in me than he that is in you. Hallelujah. You may be a giant, but God is with me. Hallelujah. I'm saying on election day, when you're going out to vote, you're not just there to give votes. You're there to protect people. I say, ah, but Pastor Notch, I don't have a gun. You don't need one. You have God. Hallelujah. God is not, God did not plant believers in this nation for nothing. He didn't plant believers in this nation for us to just make unnecessary commentary. One of my friends put it. I don't know whether she knew what she was saying. She said that ministers of the gospel need to stop with these hot takes and just preach the gospel. And I said, yes, actually. On your, you know what hot takes are? Like something happens now. You feel like you must join your mouth to it. See, as a minister of the gospel, me, a minister of the gospel, praise God. I don't join my mouth in everything. Ever since I became a pastor, I don't join my mouth in everything. It's not every trending topic you must put your mouth inside. Hallelujah. There are people that God has called to that. God bless them. But you as a pastor, your own primary assignment is to preach the gospel to the people. Because it is through the words that they hear that righteousness is built in their hearts. So that when you send them to office, they will not tell you that, ah, this is your member stole money. No, your member has learned that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I enter into an office not to take. I enter to give. It is you that will teach them. Your job is not to come here and start to criticize the president. One day, a president you like will enter office and he will start doing badly and you will not criticize him and he will start criticizing you. It happened to a particular minister. I won't mention his name. You won't know him. The, the administration before this one, he used to really batter the guy a lot from the pulpit. Then this new administration came in he was pretty much silent about everything. Everybody started attacking him. See, don't let people distract you from the work God called you to. Hallelujah. When someone like um, a lot of our ministers in the company of the great, you will notice something specific about them. Even during camp meeting, none of them ever come to either stand for one person or no person. What do they do? They come and they come to preach the gospel to us. Because let me tell you, without the gospel, you cannot take over anything. If you like, stay there and be gathering political power. The same way it fails them, it will fail you. And it will fail you before them because they know how to play it better than you. You are trying to fight canal, canal battles with people that are experts in fighting canally. Imagine you going to fight mano a mano with the devil in canality. Come on now. It's not your battleground. Hallelujah. Fight in your battleground. This gospel that you are being taught 
we, the ministers of the gospel, that stand at the pulpit or stand anywhere to teach the people, we are the ones enforcing those, that righteousness so that you can carry the gospel to those places. I am telling you, without the gospel in Nigeria, that structure you want to be built cannot be built. Hallelujah. There are strongholds in the spirit. Other religions and other people that practice all sorts of things that they practice. You, you know, we talk about cult members a lot. You think, what do you think that cult members do? You think that they just come together and just hang out and they just eat pizza and be like, oh, I see you guys next time. Do you know that there's a lot of blood that is shed in their midst? Do you think that if a court member goes to run for elections, that he will just go and tell you that, you know, the people will speak. Oga, he has gone to shed blood. Any speech that is given to you, he has shed blood. His blood that he has shed is backing it. So why do you think that you as a believer will go and do things and you just stay there and be speaking English? It's not by speaking English. We've heard these things in North now. Even us here said we must know these things more than anybody else. We have people in the Air Force in Nigeria. We have people in the Nigerian Army. We have people in the Navy. As, have they ever come to tell you anytime that it was by working hard, even though they work harder than all of them? They come and tell you about the blood. And this gospel is what's changing things in their units, in their platoons. Hallelujah. In your workplace is the gospel. Does it mean you must hold prayer meeting? No, not necessarily. But you need to know what you carry. The just shall live by faith. You need to understand that this life I carry is what I used to conduct my affairs in life. In my office, at my home. My wife told me um, some days ago, uh, these people, are the, my people in the house, cough, kata, all those kind of things have been happening. So, he was just, my son, Ian, was feeling a certain way. And my wife wanted to tell him to go, um, what did you even tell him to bring? Uh, what did you tell him to bring? No, not homework. He was feeling somehow. And you told him to bring some. He wasn't drugs, but maybe his, the, his uh, pistol was to clean it. First thing he asked her was to pray for him. That was his first part of call. So he pray for me. I don't know. I'm never at home when all these things happen. I think it's kind of unfair, but it's all good. Well, my point is that I was like, if my son can do it, I sure can. My first part of call must be prayer in my distress. It's not to call anybody first. It's to, first of all, I'll pray. Then I'll now call my company. And then we'll now find out what we are going to do about the matter. My first call is, I was telling before, you know, before she told me this thing, like last week, I was telling her that I'm trying to learn to, to, to have prayer as my primary response. It is not yet completely my primary response, but we are getting there. But it must be my primary response. Why? Because the just shall live by faith. And I say, who is the just? The just is a righteous man. And what does it mean by to, to live by this faith that saves? It means that there are resources that are available in the life of faith. So it means that if I am in trouble or I need help of some sort, the first place I should go to is my resources. Like if I'm a soldier and there's battle happening, I don't know how... Okay, you know what? Let me use video game soldiers. Because video game soldiers, eh? They can carry all the guns in the world. All you need to do is press triangle. The one gun come out, triangle, you change another one. Grenade is here. Flashbang is here. Knife is here. The assault rifle is here. They can even be carrying sniper rifle on top of their body. If that man sees somebody shooting at him, do you think he'll carry stone and start throwing at him? No, he won't. He takes his resources. You carry this one. Ga, 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 ga. Put, ga, chi, chi, chi. Reload. Ah, oh, God, I love that function again. Reload. Chi, chi, chi. As if it happens like that in real life. You reload, reload. Bullet finish. You throw that one away. Take the next one. Hallelujah. Your resources. Your resources are in the finished work of Christ. And it is by faith you assess those resources. 
It means that if I am facing troubles at work, like El Shalom, I like that testimony. Truly, the testimony is not that whether she accepts it or not. The testimony is that how can that same woman come and say, I need somebody I can be accountable to? Did you notice that? The woman didn't say, I need somebody that can be accountable to me. That's the testimony. God has given her honor. So now it's up to her. She can shine and say, hey, well, let me think about it. Give me two weeks. <laughs> Praise God. But my point is, her resource she used was the finished work of Christ. She didn't run to somebody and say, and take her to court. I'm not saying taking to court is bad. If you, if there are cases like that, you know, how you are led. But her first response was, no, now, nah, I have a father now. Nah. I am not an orphan. Praise God. I have somebody that has made things available for me. So where, where, are, where are these resources? Okay. I pray. I, I agree with my brethren. I'm taking those resources and I'm using them. I speak God's word. I release his words into the atmosphere. That's my resource. My resource is not to go on Twitter and hashtag corrupt bosses, hashtag toxic work environment. No, my first response is to take it in the place of faith. The just shall live by faith. The just shall conduct his life affairs by the faith in Christ. Hallelujah. As well, I see, there is oppression in the world. But, hey, listen, listen. You are a, a son of God. Do you know what that means? It means that the one eh, who would decimate a whole nation just because they looked at you the wrong way is your father. They said that a sultan built, um, What's the name of that place? Nice. One of the wonders of the world. Uh, the Taj Mahal for one of his wives. You know, just to show her that he loves her. Have you seen the Taj Mahal? You cannot live there. You'll just be frustrated. I don't know how many cleaners you want to be paying every day just to clean the roof. It's a very large place. That one just beauty just to say, ah, you find <laughs> Hallelujah. Literally, that's all. It was not right to do Devil to Wonder of the World. That's the same thing that is that God can literally build the planet and populate it just to say I love you. He won't just say, he'll just say, oh, uh, that's your planet. Just let me know when you are ready to move. That one, he won't come and be saying, God, he doesn't tell me he loves me. I don't need him to tell me he loves me. <laughs> I don't need. Hallelujah. That one says everything. Somebody will build a planet and create human beings just to tell me, you good. I like what I see. Hallelujah. And he does like what he sees. He liked what he, he saw so much that he sent his son to die for you. Hallelujah. So how can you live your life any other way? The just shall live by this faith, this faith, this one in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. It's your first response. Praise God. And, and honestly, I, I look at the church in Nigeria specifically. Let me not talk about other nations. Let me talk about where I am. I, I'm not, you know, sometimes it, it will seem like I'm bashing the church, but I'm trying to make us see something. Don't put your strength in a false place. We, 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 we tell ourselves too many lies. Eh? So we are plenty in Nigeria. You know how many mega churches we have? How many people we have? You don't have as many people as you think. There's a reason why the Bible tells us four times the just shall live by faith. Because the just don't always live by faith. Jesus Christ, I, I've given you that scripture before. I, now, I can't remember where it is. But it was a parable Jesus Christ was talking about the shrewd servant. The guy who is sacked him because he was lazy. The guy didn't work well. So he went to everybody that was owing his boss. I said, hey, you, you're owing my boss 80,000 naira, 
Oh yeah, give me forty thousand. Your debt is paid. He went to that one. Yeah, only twenty thousand. I'll be. Oh yeah, give me five thousand. Your debt is paid. And the master said, Ah, this guy, you're sharp. Because the guy said when they fired him that see, I cannot work hard though. <laughs> I cannot toil though. But me, I can be corrupt. So let us go and do the corruption away. Hallelujah. And the, and the guy said he, he applauded him. So in the original trans, in the original scripture, right, we we'll see it as a statement from Jesus that you know make friends. It would be, be am I saying be like this? The origin. Okay, okay. Here it is. Commended, commended. Okay, go down, go down. I think it's nine. Okay. So here it says, and I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when they fail, they may receive you into an eternal home. Originally, this is actually a question Jesus is asking, not a statement. What it originally says is that, and I do, and do I say to you? In other words, he's saying, am I telling you to do like this? Go to the next verse. So this verse, because this verse is what has caused confusion for a lot of people here. That makes them be like, ah, but if Jesus is saying we should be faithful in what, in what is least, why will he be telling us to be making friends with unrighteous mammon? So Jesus was actually asking, he said, do I say to you, make friends with unrighteous mammon? Now, what I'm saying to you is, he who is faithful in what is least, is faithful in much. The shrewd servant was faithful in what the world does. I am a corrupt man. The way I can win election is to carry all the naira I have and pack it inside a bag and go and bribe somebody. He said that you're in your, in that or your unrighteousness, they do it well. But you who are righteous, you cannot now go and carry Ghana must go and say you want to bribe somebody. You that is righteous, do your own righteousness well. And it's, it, it, it's, it's what happens. We see it in the body of Christ. We see righteous people trying to do unrighteous practices. And some of them, God loves them so much, they get caught and they get put in prison. Because if you prosper in your unrighteousness as a righteous man, I, you have, you have become an orphan. Hallelujah. It means that God is really not looking out for you. Because the more you prosper in that thing, the more your conscience will be seared. Then you will not enter into that place that a lot of, a lot of people don't really enter it. It's rare, but it happens. Where you say, oh man, forget this thing. We've been there now. <laughs> oh, is it not the righteousness by faith? No, we've been there. I know all these things. And then God will tell you, leave that one. Just forget about him. It doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen. So that, that God makes them to catch you, it means he loves you. So that you just sit down in prison and think. So that all those money that has been distracting you, you can now say, ah, where is Lord, the Lord my maker? Hallelujah. What I'm saying is that a lot of us should live by faith. But a lot of us don't. And I, and I, I believe that that's, a lot of times God keeps bringing this message over and over again. The just shall live by faith. In this nation, to see what God has proposed that this nation will be, we must live by faith. We can't do what other people are doing and expect that we'll just get some kind of, um, what do they call it, some kind of divine result. Praise God. Hallelujah. So that's what I'm saying. That's what I was saying about the church, is that sometimes we, 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 we start to believe lies about things. We believe that it's all about the numbers. It's not about the numbers. Hallelujah. Gideon had only 300 men. They didn't need to fight. The army that they were going to fight were two kingdoms or, no, it was Midian. And they were a vast army. Guess who lost that battle? The vast army. So don't think that you're going to go carnally to fight in your numbers. You will be decimated. Hallelujah. Because you are going to a field that you know nothing about. You are going to a field that you know nothing about the backing. Somebody is coming with blood. You are coming with mouth. Hallelujah. See, can we understand something? 
Can we understand something? There is nobody that achieves anything noteworthy in this country that has not shed blood for it. Hallelujah. <laughs> you want to know more about blood? I say, ask our, our expert in bloodology. Hallelujah. <laughs> no, because the thing is that the truth is that life is a bloody affair. But Christianity is more bloody than others. Because the blood that we shed is more precious than any blood that anybody will shed. They said the highest blood that you can shed on the human level is the blood of a human being. Well, God shed the blood of his son, a righteous man, a God, somebody who was born righteous in this realm. Human beings are not born righteous, born sinners. But a righteous man's blood was shed. But your blood must speak. Hallelujah. Somebody because somebody said once that, that, that there are levels of witches. The witches that are busy trying to take your land in the village. Those ones are not witches. That the real witches are the ones that are installing presidents. And don't think it's not true. It is. That's why there are some people, there are some candidates that some people don't want to become president. Hallelujah. Please, I hope you are doing more than just shouting. Please, I hope you are doing more than just saying no, 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 no. We have had enough. Enough is enough. Enough is enough is not by mouth. Enough is enough is by the word of God. Enough is enough is that you better be saying the word of God in the atmosphere. Let the elements hear you. Let the elements hear the voice of the word of the Lord. Ah, we can't do it again. Ah, if this person doesn't become president, I'll leave this country. Remember the people that left Israel and went to Egypt. Calamity followed them to Egypt though. Hallelujah. Let me just drop that one for you. Don't think you can run from it though. You that God has given the place as a responsibility. You say, I've tried. I'm leaving. Go. The calamity will still follow you there. Hallelujah. You don't have to say amen, no. But I'm telling you, you hear, hear the word of the Lord. You run because you are running away from your responsibility. It will follow you. Do the work that God has called you to do here. Don't just stay there and say, no, we have had enough. We have had enough. Or God, open your mouth and say, this country belongs to the Lord. Righteousness is established in this nation. Open your mouth. Release the word of God into the atmosphere. That is how you walk by faith. Amen? The air has ears. The atmosphere has ears. When, haven't you ever come out in a day where you just see as if, it's as if there's disarray? Uh, the, the, the passenger, all the passenger just said is, I don't have change. The driver has already insulted her father, her mother, her whole generation. Before you know it, they are fighting. As she came out from the cab, one Aguirre has punched somebody, they are fighting there. It's almost as if there's a day you come out, it's as if there's a spirit of fight in the atmosphere. Do you know that those things are there? Do you know that they are spirits of the power of the air? Do you know that we subdue them with the word of God? Do you know that it's not for you to come out and say, hey, I was telling my wife now, twice, two, two things happened on my way home. I think I'll just run, I'll just end there. Two things happened on my way home. I'll, I, okay, I, I enter, okay, I enter like three, two cabs, two KK when I'm going home. So, the first cab ride, I don't know what had happened before I entered the cab. Maybe they had robbed someone and the lady was just saying, ah, and they were not all talking. But the lady was the one that just wanted to be negative throughout the whole thing. But even the driver that brought up the topic was already saying, ah, no, they don't always rob people. They say, ah, not every day that they do. Huh? Not every day. You know they safe. You know they safe. Ah. I said, okay. Well, I just, because what, what I do sometimes when those things happen is, I wonder my brother, I said, there's a mighty supply for Nigeria. There's safety, safety is of the Lord. And we are safe in this country. There's peace in it. I'm just saying that my bread. So we now go to another portion of the route. It was like that. How many of us know where Pasonika's office used to be? That's Omerili Road. So we're now on that road now. Lady was just saying, "This road is so lonely. This road is so lonely." I was like, "What is this?" I said, "God help." 
that like so if you if car broke down here you will not walk and go home because this road is so you know what she meant by this road is lonely that they can get robbed i was like how can somebody just be so conscious of being robbed can people get robbed yes but even if i get robbed like they collect my money for my pockets you know what i was whistle when i'm going home? safety is of the lord safety is of the lord I am safe. I am protected. The Lord is my shepherd. He shields me. He guides me. I am guarded by the Lord. So I entered the next camp. Another story. That day, I think the Naira had hit uh, between 880 to 900. So when you guys say, now, wow, Naira don't hit 900. This country don't finish. Ah, I just didn't say anything. This country is not finished. I just get started. There's a mighty supply for Nigeria. I just kept saying it under my breath. You know what me I'm doing? I'm guarding my heart though. Hallelujah. I don't know about you. I'm Pastor Notch. I'm not Super Notch. I do not have any superpowers anyway. It is this same word you live by that I live by. But here's the thing. Those people cannot see any good. And one day that lady will get robbed. And she'll keep getting robbed. Do you know why? Because her eye is on robbery. Her eye is not on Christ. That guy to his eye is on what? Currency. Currency is what determines whether I succeed in this country or not. His eye is not on Jesus. Oh, but be not, or not. Are you saying that, uh, the currency should not get better? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that if you have a plan, please submit it to the president. If not, speak God's word. Your complaint about it is not changing anything. And you, the more you complain about it, the higher it will get. But let me tell you something. That even let the Naira, if they like, if, if I said if they like, if the Naira likes, let him be climbing up like somebody that is trying to do skydiving. Let it climb up to 1,500 naira per dollar. My children's school fees will be paid. I will, I will eat. I will go anywhere I want to go in this country. I will not tell you, you know how things are. I do not care. Nigeria has gone through a recession twice. And in that recession, people bought new cars. People finished building their houses. Don't tell me that. Don't tell me that me, I'm living by the world economic system. I have a God who died for me. I have a God who raised, for, who raised from the dead for me. I have a God who has taken care of all my needs. He is my shepherd. The currency is not my shepherd. APC, PDP, they are not my shepherd. This president is not my shepherd. The one that will come after him is not my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. They just shall live by faith. We don't live by circumstances around us. Oh, I used to have a car. Now I'm trekking. God gives me transport money me money for both. I will enter car and I will praise the Lord. Because the just shall live by faith. And guess what? Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Even if I have to trek to church, I will trek and I will sing praises. Because the Lord is my shepherd. It has nothing to do with whether I see his hand. It has all to do with who I'm looking at. And I say, Lord, I'm looking at you. If the thing like, let it happen. If somebody said that he would like them to put on his, on his grave stone. That here lay a man who believed God and died trying. Let it be that I believed God into the grave. But you will never hear me doubt him with my mouth. Just like Job. Job could have died from all his sickness and everything. But he would never have cursed God. They just shall live by faith. They just shall not live by what they see around them. Paul said it when he was writing the Corinthians. He said, we walk by faith and not by sight. It means there are things to see. There are things to see. There are people right now who are still walking in knee-deep water to get where they are going. But they just shall live by faith. I am not moved by my circumstances. I am not moved by the calamities that have befallen me. I am moved by the God that is with me. Hallelujah. 
So what has God said to you? What is God saying to you? Has he not said anything specific? What has he said to you in his words? Go to the word of God. And let's, let's, let's learn to do something. Maybe we'll end with that. Let's, let's rise up. Let's talk to each other about God. You know, talking about faith boosters. You know, we've heard about faith boosters. Hallelujah. Let's talk to each other about God. In, uh, <laughs> during one of our prayers at home. I just told my mind, let's do it. You know, we're believing God for, to fly to camp meeting for our accommodation and all those things. I say, you know what? Can we just take a scripture and talk, talk about God? So we picked Psalm 23. And we just talked about God. Now we were not like sitting with each other saying, but you can do that too. You can say, well, David, you know, the Lord is our shepherd. And because the Lord is our shepherd, we cannot want. We don't lack anything. Do you know that even the, my new shoes that I want to buy, it's God that will give me because he's my shepherd. And you know, the, in the Amplified Version, it says that the Lord is my shepherd to feed me, to guide me, to shield me. It means that God gives me food. Why? Because he's my shepherd. Is it because I did anything? Because I walked out? No, because he's my shepherd. He takes care of me. And then from that, we segue into the other scripture in Romans chapter 8. And said that if he, if, if, that if he freely gave his, if he gave his son, would he not with him give us freely all things? I said, see, do you know how I know that God will give me freely all things? Because he gave his son. If Jesus, if God minds Jesus Christ, then I know that anything I ask him for, I can't get it. But see, that God has given Jesus Christ. If I need money, he will give me freely. If I need health, he has given me freely. He has given me all things freely. You know, and that day, I asked my wife, how do you feel? I said, I mean, I feel good. Ah, well, I, as I was talking about God, I was not thinking about anything else. I was not thinking about whether I had transport money to go to work. I was not thinking about how I will eat two square meals that day. I was thinking about God, my shepherd. I've still been doing it for any time I can find the time. It's a way of meditation, actually. I just call it implantation of the word. It's like um, they are implanting that word in your consciousness. The Lord is my shepherd. Yeah, that may not be the word you use. Find the word and talk about God. Enough of talking about Nigeria now. Are you not tired, Tim? Do you know that the amount of people that are talking about Nigeria and criticizing this nation are already plenty? They don't need you in their number. People who will have an army of 100,000, they don't need 100,000 and one. Go and find something else to do. So come, come. Our own circle is not as big. Come and join us. And talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord about Nigeria. Talk to the Lord about your finances. Talk to the Lord. Take and This is another one. It's a crazy one. Sometimes take your ATM too. And preach the gospel to it. Preach the gospel to your bank account. Say, hey, come. <laughs> Send it bank account. Look. <laughs> this is your zero naira minus hundred. It's ungodly now. Haven't you heard what the Bible says? That you are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. And I know that blessing means that it's not just money, but you have well-being, you have abundance. So, uh, zero naira is now abundance now. So, you know that you, you have to have abundance because you are blessed of the Lord. He has given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. If you don't know any gospel to pray, just tell him, tell him, say, say ATM, ATM. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Just read Genesis. Speak. Preach the gospel to your body. Say on oh, no, body, listen, listen. How much you heard that in Isaiah 53, verse 5, that, that the chastisement of your peace was upon him? Did you hear that by his stripes you are healed? Talk about the Lord. Talk about the Lord to your bank account. Talk about the Lord to your body. Talk about the Lord to your office. Talk about the Lord to your business. Talk about the Lord concerning your family. Talk about the Lord. Stop telling them about the things that they are insufficient about. Talk about the Lord to your situation.
So this morning, can we just take at least a minute and just talk about the Lord? You don't have to talk about the Lord to someone. Just talk about the Lord. Take a scripture and just say it. You don't have to even personalize it. Just say it. Lord, you are my shepherd. All things are mine because you are my shepherd. And you are leading me in green pastures. You are nourishing me. Where you are putting me to lay down, there is green and there is water for me. There is nourishment and there is sufficiency for me. Because you are my shepherd. There is no other person I rely on but you. You are the one who has made my way straight. You are the one that protects me. The reason I can go out at night and not be afraid is not because I have a gun tucked somewhere in. It's because you are my shepherd. You are the one who is protecting me. I cannot go hungry because you feed me. Just like a sheep will not be tugging at the shepherd for food. You know when I am hungry and you give me food. You know when I am infirm that you heal me. Because you are my shepherd. Hospitals are not my shepherd. The doctor is not my shepherd. You are my shepherd. You, in fact, are my doctor. You are the one who takes care of me. You are the one who has prospered me in this city. Even with all the circumstances that are happening and the shortcomings, I have prospered. Not because I am big. Not because I have talent. But because you are my shepherd. Talk to God. Talk about him. (laughs) Implant those pictures in your subconscious and your conscious this morning. The just shall live by faith. This is an exercise of faith. This is a building of your faith. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Amen. Let's do this often. Hallelujah. Let's meet with each other. Say, Hallelujah. There's something that's almost become an unofficial thing. I don't go home early. Hallelujah. Because we stay and we implant the word. Praise God. It, from, from just about business to just about it. I guess the last, <laughs> I wanted to say session. Last week's session was really blessed. Emmanuel, he just meets Emmanuel for, to tell, us ask Emmanuel, tell me about the horse and the donkey. Uh, it's horse and donkey. I'm not missing it yet. Just ask him to tell you about horse and donkey. Talk with your brethren. Talk to the Lord about your brethren. When somebody, and they'll say you're annoying, but we are brethren, you forgive, you forgive each other. When somebody's complaining, just see the person and tell him about, you know what the word says about here? Oh, what does it say? Well, so this is what the word says. And talk to the, talk about the Lord concerning those circumstances. And pray prayer of agreement and end them. The just shall live by faith. Hallelujah. Say, I am just and I live by faith. I am righteous and I live by faith. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Can we appreciate Pastor Lodge, please? Uh, that's a lie. That's a lie. If I say she appreciates it like that, how many of you happy? I appreciate Pastor Lodge. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Truly, today's message, I, 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 I really encourage us to get it. You know, when he was, when he was in the land, he said, he was saying that we should get scripture. The scripture came to me, Psalm 34. I know our time is gone. Sit down, sit down, sit down. You are, see, you're already in church. Where are you rushing to? Your Sunday rights will wait for you. Amen. You're already in church. I only come once in a, once in a week. Some of you, once in a week. I'm not looking at anybody. You come only once in a week. So just once in a week that you keep. Go stay and get everything. Hallelujah. 
Amen. You, you know, uh, somebody said that. That's why it's called a church service. When you take your car to the mechanic to go and service, you don't say, ah, guy, hold your, hold your, hold your prop. I said, no, okay, we need to, I mean, there are some repairs they will do. They will tell you that, ah, okay, the engine must cool complete. Say, before we begin the touch, the engine must cool down completely. Say, no, 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 I mean, hold it, hold it. Just open another. Say, okay, if you open them, your engine don't go. So, some engines, you bring them to church. Make it cool complete. Make the world enter. Hallelujah. Amen. Some, did I call the place? Huh? I called it Psalm 34. It says, I will bless, so we'll just read the whole Psalm. I won't, I, I will try, I will, I will constrain myself from saying anything in Jesus' name. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Verse 2 is where I, where what really caught my attention, where I want to check it. It says, my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. That's what Pastor Lord was talking about. Let your soul make her boast in the Lord. And like we always say, soul means um what? Your will, your emotion, and your mind. Let it make its boast in the Lord. Amen. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. For all my fears, they looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamped around, the angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want for those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Shall not lack any good thing. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. That's the second time. The Lord is near to those who are broken heart, who have a broken heart, and save such as have a contrite spirit. Many, 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 many are the plenty. Thank you, ma'am. Plenty are the afflictions of the just standing anyhow Christians. Are the afflictions of who? The righteous. But. There is a but in that equation. But the Lord delivers him out of them most. All. He got all his bones. None of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked and those who hate the righteous shall be condemned. 
The Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of those who trust in him shall be condemned. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Truly, Lord, Professor Nelson said this morning, you know where, where he ended? Let's learn to make our boast in the Lord. You know, a lot of times, some, sometimes, no, let me not say something. Sometimes, when, even when I hear Christians say they are making faith confession, confession, I, I, and I always say, when I hear Christians sometimes say they are making faith confession, I say, no, you're not making a faith confession. You're talking for your fear. You're polishing your fear. You're garnishing your fear with Christianese. Say, death is not my portion. Death is not my portion. Ah, God forbid. It will not happen. It can never happen to me. God forbid. Where is it in scripture? God forbid. It can never happen to me. Speak God's word, my friend. The word responds to God's word in your mouth. Not your... Amen? And I person not to taught us this, this, this you, know, you know, like, I will say, come on, we're making that call. I say that you, ha- you, know, you do not have sufficient call to credit to make, uh, are your call terminated? Begin to speak to your phone. Begin to speak to your phone. Begin to speak to things. Stop letting things speak to you. When they speak to you, respond to them. Amen. Truly, I, 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 and I, like I said, I strongly believe that God is teaching us about faith this, this, this season because Pastor Not is preaching of faith on Sunday. I'm preaching of faith on Wednesdays. Amen. Let's just get this message and let's build up, build our faith. The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Faith is the way of living. Glory to God. It's not a one-off thing. It's not something that you... It's what you use continually and constantly. If you are alive and you want to live, you live by faith. Glory to God. And you see... God help me. And you see, it gets easier as you live by it. That guy you call your professional mechanic or what's that handyman or that uh, tailor that sews for you that you say, ah, that guy, man, that guy is so... Man, that guy is so... Guess what? He started one day learning how to sew. But he stayed at it until he became a, prof- a professional at it. Amen. I guess I will use that example. David, I mean, he's getting contracts from very often of amazing places. I mean, amazing people are calling him the electrical works. Anything electric. I mean, he didn't did start like that. You are born with it. Amen. Glory to God. But he stayed with it. Let's stay with it. Let's stay with it. It pays at the end. Amen. He says, do the writers fall seven times. Because I put my faith to work and it didn't seem to work today. He says, I will stand up. I will get up and do it again. I will get up and do it again. I will get up and do it again. Amen. I've given testimony of saying I live in divine health. I've not used drugs or I've never been to the hospital. All those things. It didn't start. I, I tell stories about when I will stand in faith, stand in faith, stand in faith, stand in faith, and then I just know that, oh, they are dying. They say, take me home, take me home, take me to my father's house, take me to my father's house. Amen. We go and expose my bum bum to the nurses. I, today, let me, at least, I can boldly say, I can't remember, I can't remember last time, since I came for Taco, I don't think I've taken an injection for anything. Amen. It didn't start like that. But the fact that, like so not said, I'm sorry, it's never taking time, but it's just just strong in my heart. Especially those of you who won't come on Wednesday to come and hear me. You know, there are times that there are times that you know you're speaking God's word and it's not as if things are not happening the way you continue to speak it. Like Pastor not said this morning, speak it until you get the result you want. Amen. As the nurse is giving you the injection, as you open your body and they're putting they say, ah, by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. Himself born. 
Speak it. Speak it. Don't say, ah, I, I see now. I've got this faith. I stood there. Find them get them getting injection. No, they are giving you the injection. They are piercing you. We speak. As you are taking the drug, they are speaking to it. You know, you can take those drugs. You can take injection and it won't work. God is using it to keep you alive. Keep speaking. Building your faith. Building your faith until it comes to the day that it will just be, it's just be second nature. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. Connect with Savannah Grace Chapel Port Harcourt on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at SGC Port Harcourt. And download our messages free on Telegram at t.me forward slash SGC Port Harcourt.